I was just 13. I was aware of little by way of where boundaries lied. That Delhi was landlocked by two states. That the sands of Rajasthan blew only a short distance to dust our city. That by February, just beyond the southern border, were yellow fields of mustard. And that by October, the water pumped out in those fields was chilled already. I was unaware of where Babri Masjid was, but was encouraged to charcoal paint a depiction of destruction. I was unaware of how slowly years pass in child time. I was unaware that school teachers had other commitments in a life beyond us. I was unaware of how wonderfully together the festivals arrived. as the monsoons waned i was unaware that the world worked irrespective of report cards i was unaware that art matters i mean i lived it all but all that really mattered was life outside of school actually I need to rewind a bit. For kids of the 90s, television censorship laws entail enactment overnight, which given the inertia of the civilization meant a few years. In the interim was exposure to language and imagery that modulated over coaxial cable right into our living rooms like never before. in the history of the subcontinent we were young and everything was allowed we were impressionable too and we believed in the power of david hasselhoff's team of life saviors and in porsche de rossi of john d sirens and in well there were others More than anything really it was full frontal exposure to americana that was the bug that bit us kids of the 90s it helped that one mickey bunsell moved locks talk from america just as i turned 13 and brought in twang into our school going lives in school we were a bunch of brights and not so brights all huddled together in a capsule hurtling through the fates and misadventures of 90210 kids whose lives we desperately needed to fathom in retrospect it was this exposure that stood us instead as lots of us finished school and headed to points on the globe where we'd witness life beyond the indian cultural philosophical framework and return in time to witness the uptick in the internet economy that ushered the boom and bust of the early years of 2000s it was around the time india went global and became incredible india the 90s its misadventures set the stage for what was to come and consume the millennium millennials and kids that followed
But 90s was more than that. There were dream worlds of four-minute songs on MTV. I recollect my greatest fear at the threshold of my teens as I was hopping over to the 20s was that I would no longer be connected to the world of innocence, that I'd have to get real. No MTV watching man needed amongst IIMers in Nariman Point's business district, thank you. That this magical evil journey from 13 to 19 was to end and I'd have to grow up to be somebody who didn't even know what the kids grooved to was for me the ultimate punishment. I couldn't let that happen. And I didn't. And how? But all that was of concern much later down the decade. At 13, we sat wide-eyed in groups through late nights waiting for our song to play. And so it started. Consciousness expansion in the calm backwaters of the place called home. Air-conditioned comforts afforded by the protected shrine of the family dwelling were being innocuously altered, silently readjusted and permanently directed by modulated beams from space towards the future that was anticipated by few. It was in these 90s when Kurt Cobain found and lost Nirvana, taking a portion of the excesses of the 1980s West down with him. And as for us, little 13-year-olds, plagued by the didactic pressures that a generation before had surely endured, found ourselves undeniably and unknowingly on the crest of a wave speeding towards the millennium's culmination. We didn't know it then, but we didn't have much time. In the 80s, friends and people known of, with families abroad, would quite literally have video cassettes sent over. These cassettes of very limited capacities, when pit against the gigabyte tidings of today, contained very few music videos and odd television programs. And that constituted all the exposure there was to the pulsating currents emanating from America enthralling all the world. I recollect this continuing to as late as early 90s, but then we got more than we needed to harvest and we wanted still more. Late night MTV sessions were grinding. 
music tastes became democratically global. The VJs were Indian with a distinct twang. I was all in. And all this while, the adults were as oblivious to the shifts occurring in their own TV rooms as interested they were in the ever-winding relationships of Bowl and the Beautiful. Red Hot Chili Peppers sang Under the Bridge and she, who would eventually score to be among the top one percentile SATs the world over and go on to study bioengineering at MIT and he, he would score the third lowest in class excitedly exchanged notes on the unknown but understood chord progressions of the guitarist. Blood, sugar, sex, magic had begun. This was no hurry mirch anyone had tasted before and we gobbled them down one song at a time, several songs a day. At home, I'd excitedly offer running commentary to my grandmother on the proceedings of the wedding, death, the opulence of it all, and the learnings of Guns N' Roses' November Rain. She'd ask in all honesty, Oh, she dies? And I'd declare so with the all-knowing air of a teenager, while eyeing the smoke blown by Slash and his retinue a beautiful woman. And I'd wonder if dragons blew fire and ash, would they look just as cool doing it? What do I say about the disappointment in my aunt's voice as the wedding cake was smashed and she died? She died. The woman did. Death. Bacchanalia. Excess. Rain in November, soaked and dripping, wet with dreams of Gibson, Les Pauls and freedom. We didn't gather much else. Why and where she went, where we were going, nowhere. Class 10th, boards. We just let it digest. It all rested in the deep future where it waited for us to arrive and reawaken it. We weren't for real. As I think back, we were who Kurt Cobain smoke off when he sang In Bloom. And maybe we were, maybe we weren't, maybe never will be, maybe we were something else. Maybe those songs were lullabies, maybe those songs altered our lives. Maybe 
I just imagined it. But what can be said for sure is that we were there with all heart, positioned as we were in the capital of the 4,000-year-old civilization, 70-year-old democracy, poor in foreign resources, rich in philosophical thought, new to technologies that were beginning to knit civil societies across borders, accepting of the new, respectful of the old. The songs with their richness of melodies, the movies with moving soundtracks and universal themes of love, heartbreak, deceit, forgiveness, live sport broadcasts with their stories of heroism and deliverance. These were all what reason dictates life is composed of. The new world we imagine was more flat and less esoteric. The way I saw it was, wow, a perfectly effortless, democratic and universally applicable each move of Michael Jackson's torso is, and how well it resonates with the rhythms of the world, be it of African hunters, Thai dancers, American Indian shamans, or the Orisi dancer with the smoky factory chimney backdrop that was the eventual fate of the country that would become, in a few short years, the fastest moving economy. I thought I told you to turn that thing off! It is too late and it's too loud! But Dad, this is the best part. You are wasting your time with this garbage, now go to bed! Were we authentic? Probably yes. Okay. I mean, we were just burgeoning middle-class citizens being exposed to a foreign culture at a radiating pace, none of which resonated with anything from our cultural past. We were bourgeois. We were just observing.